Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become the confident leader that will take you and your business to the next level. Today, I have with me Tara Lafon Gooch. Let me tell you about Tara. So Tara is a world-class keynote speaker, CEO, thought leader, coach, and author specializing in transformative power of confidence. With a dynamic presence and a passion for empowering individuals, Tara has inspired audiences through the globe to unlock their full potential and embrace a life of self-assurance through her powerful story. She is a passion of, I'm sorry, speaking is a passion of Tara's and brings her public the great sense of purpose. She struggled with confidence and fear of public speaking for much of her life, and it held her back in her career and from reaching her full potential. Tara stepped into her purpose, faced her fears, and delivered her first keynote address. Since then, she has been on a mission to continue to break barriers, face fear, and create impact. Her most in-demand keynote is centered around her forthcoming book, which Her book's already out there now, How to Grasp Confidence and Own Your Own Power, which you can see right behind her, Grasp. Tara teaches her audiences how to increase their confidence with a simple five-step method that she used to transform her own life. Today, I want to have the theme be that book title, How to Grasp Confidence and your own power. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Tara Gooch. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You are so very welcome. Uh, We talked a little bit before this about how much both of our lives have so much synergy. And and I too spent most of my life, I mean, I'm a a daughter of a, a family with seven kids and I was the second and oldest with a sister who was very, very much confident. And uh, so I was always trying to be somebody that I thought I needed to be. And therefore I didn't think who I was was worth much. And I think that happens with a lot of people. We have this imposter syndrome, even as kids, it's not just in adults. So I'm so interested to get into this conversation with you. But as always, I start with a very easy question, which is, where do you live? Well, I live in North Carolina, so we're actually not so too close. far apart from each uh, other. We're I almost know. neighbors, aren't we? <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. Um, 
I find that the the world gets smaller and smaller as I meet people. So it's so awesome. So share your story that we touched on in your bio about becoming, um, going from that fearful, unconfident person to this globally recognized speaker, strategic um, leader and coach. Yeah, it's, it, you hit it right off the head. It starts with facing your fears, right? So I'm also, uh, I come from a big family. I'm the youngest of five. <laughs> oh, you're the baby. <laughs> <Funny. laughs> yeah. Um, so come from a big family, but I remember my entire life not feeling confident. In fact, I can't look back on my childhood and remember feeling confident. Um, and I grew up in less than favorable circumstances, my family, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, my father wasn't in my life. So, you know, fighting against those odds was something that it it took a long time for me to really figure out who I was, who I wanted to be. Did I even matter? Honestly, there was a point in my life, and it wasn't that long ago, when I was so depressed and all this unresolved childhood trauma, et cetera, that I, I felt like I didn't have a purpose. I didn't, I was mm. so unconfident in myself that I didn't believe I deserved to live, literally. So I feel like, you know, while I say that, it may sound shocking a little bit, but honestly, it's not. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that feel that way. And, um, it really started this whole confidence journey started when I went into full-time entrepreneurship and I had to believe in myself because I realized if I didn't, who would? And when you have that responsibility of being an owner of a company and, um, you know, trying to, you know, obtain clients, et cetera, putting yourself out there, developing your personal brand. It, I realized how much confidence it took. And I went on this transformative journey to figure out how to develop confidence when you don't feel <laughs> like you have any. That is so very true. Um, it, it's interesting. I, as you were telling your story, I, it, I reminded myself of <clears throat> whenever I was young uh, my best friend and I used to play school. I don't know how many people out there have done that. And um, so she was what I thought was much smarter than me. And and so she was always the teacher. Mm. And um, it's interesting now how I teach young kids public speaking and, and leadership. And, and it's it was always, I think that's whenever things started, you know, you're not even smart enough to do pretend school. <laughs> yes. Like I understand that completely. I was mm -hmm. the same, the same. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually, uh, you know, during school, um, when I say public speaking was my biggest fear, I truly mean it. So if the teacher would call on me in school, my voice would close up. I would perspire. My face would get red tears would well up in my eyes. I would run to the bathroom and cry. Mm -hmm. I literally could not do it. Um, I didn't want to be seen and heard. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the things that I want to emphasize with confidence is 
you know, we think a lack of confidence could look like this one type of person, but honestly, I want to show the world that it can look like me too, or anybody. Yeah. Um, and it gives you that kind of empathetic lens, you know? Yeah. You also talked about um, being the, the youngest and, and we as adults talk about the people around us and how they influence us. And sometimes those people are the people we live with. And I know as a uh, second to the oldest, uh, my brothers followed us. I had four br brother or three brothers in a row and then another sister and another brother. But the brothers always heard, oh, here comes somebody that's coming up. They're going to be like Vicky and Kathy. And you're always being compared to someone else and not able to truly be yourself at that young age. And, and as parents, teachers and things, if you're out there listening, you know, be aware of that, that what you say is so impactful and it, and it isn't always positive. You know, what negative things are you throwing in there? Um, you should be like, you know, we always say you, sh you shouldn't use the word should, <laughs> you know, you should be like the, your, your sister, your brother. Why aren't you like your sister yeah. and brother? And so as adults, as you work with people for to build their confidence, how are you um, advising them to avoid or work with those negative uh, feelings that you get that cause you to have that imposter syndrome or that lack of confidence? Absolutely. That's such a great question. First off, it's normal. Um, I want to emphasize that. I, I talk to executives all over the world um, and they all say the same thing. I'm just waiting for them to figure it out. Yeah. Figure what out, right? And people, no matter where you go up in a company, uh, no matter how successful you are, you can suffer from this too. So the average person has about 80,000 thoughts per day, right? Well, the average person also has about 45 to 50,000 negative thoughts per day. So a majority of our thoughts for the average person are negative. They're limiting. Mm -hmm. What if you're unconfident? What if you're depressed? What if you're suffering from anxiety? What if you're suffering from trauma? these thoughts then are, of course, increased, right? So again, we're talking about averages, but this is a normal thing. Um, and I saw, we, we all suffer from it. I suffered from it for most of my life and it held me back in my career, uh, in relationships, all sorts of things. So first accepting the fact that, guess what? You're not an anomaly, these thoughts are not real things and they happen to everybody it's it's a good way to start that bridge of knowing that you're not alone and that it is actually fixable i think a lot of people think that they are you know alone in this struggle that all these negative thoughts that they have are real um and we put so much uh you know thought into what are other people thinking about us guess what? We're our literally own worst critics, right? Yes. Nobody so is thinking, oh gosh, what's Tara doing with her hair today or whatever, you know, nobody's thinking about those things except for us. So first step is acknowledgement that it's normal, that it happens to everybody. 
And oftentimes the higher we go up in success, the more imposter syndrome we can get. Um, And it is especially common with women, even more common with women who are minorities. So let's uh, be a lot easier on ourselves uh, first off. And, you know, we just have to acknowledge the fact that these thoughts are not real things. They're mm-hmm. fleeting. And in my book, I talk about, you know, the amount of negative thoughts that we have. What if we were to play, replace those 50,000, let's say, negative thoughts with 50,000 empowering ones? Mm-hmm. So then it starts with reframe. And that that's the second Uh, acronym in my book, which is responsibility. It stands for responsibility mindset. So when these negative thoughts start to creep in, which they will, we reframe them Mm -hmm. through ownership mentality with empowering thoughts that lead to growth instead of limitation. Yeah. So as you mentioned your book, that was the next thing that I wanted to just mention as we see behind you you have what GRASP stands for the acronym. So let's go through each of those. You did responsibility. Let's slip back up to gratitude because I think that also helps you figure out what those 50,000 impactful things could be. So let's go with that. Yes, that's why it's the foundation of confidence for me. Um, You know, in order to, you know, what I like to say about gratitude is gratitude is in a lot of success books, right? So you see a lot of books about, uh, you know, getting su- success, top performance, and they include gratitude somewhere in there, chapter seven, chapter 14. For me, it was the foundation. So it's the mm-hmm. very first thing I talk about. And the reason is gratitude we know can uh, produce neurotransmitters in our brain like dopamine and serotonin. Guess what? Those are natural antidepressants. What does that mean? Well, That means that we're not naturally inclined to depression. So we're not naturally inclined to negative thoughts. And then what we can do then is we also know that gratitude can rewire our brains. Mm. If you can rewire your brain, you can form new beliefs. And if you can form new beliefs, you can start to become confident because you start to believe it. So gratitude is the absolute foundation for confidence. And you have to put in that work, uh, you know, to really thoroughly understand and practice gratitude before you go on to all these other steps, right? And I feel like a lot of, again, success books, self-help books talk about action first, action, action, action. But you know what? That leads to a lot of wasted momentum, a lot of wasted energy, fruitless efforts, and you're not grateful for the journey. So if you fail, you're going to get deterred. Whereas if you have a gratitude mindset, you'll see that failure is not an obstacle, but just another thing in the path that's going to help you become the person you're meant to be. Absolutely. It's funny, whenever I was a project manager for many, many years, and uh, one of the things that I always noticed in the beginning, I like to take time to understand and to assess uh, processes and the situation and people, the leaders, the, the project 
owners always wanted to jump immediately. What action steps can we take? And uh, and sometimes they wanted the big audacious action goals. And it was like, no, no, no. If you don't understand where you are and what the opportunities and gaps are, you're not going to get where you want to go. You always, always had to hold them back. And it wasn't until you get to the very end that they recognize and are grateful for the things that you did. But you have to be understanding and be grateful for those small wins that you get. And the failures are not failures. They're learning. Those are learning moments, teaching moments for you. Yep, absolutely. And when you have a gratitude mindset, you'll see failure is an opportunity, not a limitation. And again, it's like when I fail now, I actually get excited because I think, oh, how can I reframe this to something huge? Mm -hmm. And you know what? When you start to have that grateful attitude, it's it really changes your life. Um, I fail plenty, but I don't (laughs) even consider it failure. It's a perceived failure. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just so powerful when you can do that. And that's why it starts with that gratitude. Um, and it, you know, the gratitude, it took me a long time to really, to really harness and fully appreciate because at first I didn't think I had anything to be grateful for, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of people are struggling. And when, Oh, sorry. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say that one of the things that I do in Toastmasters is in one of my clubs that are all entrepreneurs, is we take the very first thing we talk about are our small wins, and it amazed me how difficult the people that were new to come up with a small win because they mm-hmm. discount the yep. things that really are those small wins. So back to you. I'm sorry. I love that. No, that's beautiful. And then, you know, we touched on responsibility mindset, Um, but the responsibility mindset, that ownership mindset is a strategic one as well, right? So in aviation, there's a rule. It's called the one in 60 rule. If a plane is one degree off course, just one degree, it's not hardly anything. It can go as much as 60 nautical miles in the wrong direction, and that's proportionate to every degree it goes off course. So two miles, 120, et cetera. So again, that responsibility mindset is going to set you up for that action that keeps you on course. It keeps that strategy going. So that ownership mentality that we have to have with confidence is going to say, you know what, when these negative thoughts surface, I replace them and reframe them with gratitude. Um, And then it's also going to say, I am responsible for my own choices. I'm responsible for my own decisions. I'm responsible for the people I hang around with. I'm responsible for how I utilize my time. I'm responsible, right? So when we put that ownership and that advocacy back on us and take separate ourselves from that victim mentality to one of an empowering one, then we can really go to that action step that is required to formulate that change Mm -hmm. to catapult us into the confident person we were really supposed to be. Well, you said that scary word, change. Yes, yes, yes. I spent many times being that change management person. Change, I love there's a, a 
a graphic that's a, a set of blocks and it has change and you just change that one letter to an N. Mm. It is a chance for that mm. opportunity, that that difference that's going to make it make a difference. Yes, absolutely. And it's so important, you know, change what what I always like to tell my clients, your tastes are going to change, the weather's going to change, your feelings are going to change. Change is inevitable in life. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, change is good. Um, And the seasons change, right? So it's natural to change. It's natural to evolve. And, you know, part of building confidence is, is recognizing that environment that's around you. Mm-hmm. Are the people who are around you, you know, we call that the proximity rule, right? Are the people right. around you uplifting you? Are they supporting you? Are they empowering you? Are they limiting you? Are they bringing you down? And it, if you're hanging around people that are the latter, guess what? There's no way we can become more confident. So again, part of that action step is to change your environment, your physical one, but also change that mental one. Again, going back, putting in those action steps, how are we going to act? What are we going to change in our lives to become that person? Again, we're supposed to be, we're meant to be. You work with a lot of executives and and I know in my many, many years of being in corporate, seeing a lot of executives and uh, then being in management, we we get to that what we think is our pinnacle if you will that that top and we forget that people are still watching us and we're supposed to still be leading by example and that means to grow to develop you have to change you have to get uncomfortable and how you react to that uncomfortable is what you're teaching the people below you or your peers so talk about how the executives may hesitate to change you know well if it's not broke don't fix it kind of mental attitude talk about that how do you give them the strategies to overcome that feeling of of staying in the comfort zone and pushing themselves absolutely right the comfort zone is the danger zone so if you're comfortable watch out because there's somebody who's not, and it could be a competitor. It could be somebody else, right? Um, Change, again, in an organization is essential because look at how fast technology is evolving. You know, it didn't used to be even 10 years ago that, you know, company executives were required to have personal brands, right? Now it's the standard. Mm -hmm. It is the standard. So guess what? Change is there. And it's uncomfortable. It's not comfortable all the time to build your personal brand, to go on social media, to be a public figure. But if you don't do that, you will slip into the irrelevant zone very quickly. So, you know, that's one of the ways. That's just one of the examples, but there's so many. And, you know, in an organization, as far as that goes, we see how people are changing with respect to how they want to work. Mm -hmm. So employees, they're voting, do I want to work remote or do I want to go into the office? And if you want that talent pool, then you need to change and evolve your structure or else you're not going to get the optimal talent pool. So 
it's all about change. And if we embrace change, guess what? The ride will be much smoother, much more uh, efficient, and actually much more profitable, right? We have to be able to evolve and change. And sometimes, and that's the beautiful thing about hiring a consultant for a company and organization. Yeah. They have that third-party perspective that Mm -hmm. honestly you can't because you're in it, you're ingrained in it. You have to have that third-party perspective to say like, okay, this isn't working here, 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 and here. This is how you could optimize all areas. Um, And that helps so much. So very true. So let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn. Um, So I read that your LinkedIn personal branding program is pretty awesome. So tell us, how does that work? Yep. So I have a LinkedIn personal branding program. I have, that's, that's a group program and it's videos that help you optimize your LinkedIn presence, your profile, networking, basically everything I did to become a successful entrepreneur, I put on this program. And then once a week we meet as a group cohort and cover the topics in much more depth and detail. So I cover everything from your profile to content strategy, networking, and everywhere in between, how to get a meeting with decision makers. In my first six months of being an entrepreneur, I landed a meeting with NASTEC. That's not heard of, and I did it all on LinkedIn. So I show people how to do everything that I did to become successful in the quickest amount of time. This is, it's like the elevator button, as you could say. Um, And when I teach people, I I teach people the entirety of what I did. um, And then it's up to them to put in the action, right? Mm -hmm. But this is a proven formula. Um, I became extremely successful. And that's where I started building my personal brand was just on LinkedIn. It wasn't until this year when I uh, really dove into other platforms, podcasts, and other things like that. So it can happen in months, not years. Um, But it's, again, (laughs) putting in the action steps required to get to those success goals. So let's talk a little bit about site. I love it. Site is so important. It's so crucial to have a visual of what you want to be as a confident person. You know, if you think about a professional athlete, for example, they go out on to, before they go out into a field, what do they do before that? They vi- they don't visual- visualize themselves losing in every yes. possible way they could lose. Do they? <laughs> I've never heard of a professional athlete taking time and visualizing every single way they're going to fail. They don't, but yet we do, right? So, and that's so common. What a professional athlete does is they visualize every play, They visualize their movements. They visualize themselves getting the ball, scoring the touchdown, making the goal, whatever. In the game of confidence, you need to visualize too. And for me, for sight, it was about visualizing the most confident version of myself. What did they look like? Mm -hmm. What did they dress like? How'd they wear their hair? Right? And I started to take steps to become that person. So, and it was really easy. And then I already had the responsibility mindset that we talked about and the gratitude. So I was started to become grateful 
for that person that I was already visualizing. And I started wearing red lipstick and wearing my hair different and being a little bolder, putting myself out there to become that vision of who I wanted to become. It's so funny with the red lipstick. I, I think probably when I turned 50, um, I graduated from college and uh, I started to wear red lipstick a lot. Ah, and, I love and, it. <laughs> and it's, it's it, the interesting thing too is <clears throat> goes all the way back to when I was about nine and I had, we did family reunions at my mom's parents and my, there were probably 200 of my distant relatives as well. And one of the sisters of my grandmother was total opposite of my grandmother, my aunt Violet. And she was probably in her seventies, wore, still dyed her hair black, wore red lipstick and red nail polish, just as you do, and just took command of any room she walked in. Yep. And I thought, dang, I want to be like her when I grow up. And uh, so it took all those years of me to, um, and the insights that I learned from being in college that I wasn't the dumbest thing, or, you know, that I did know a lot, that I had gained a lot through personal experiences that could make me be a great leader. So yes, uh, red lipstick, if it's, if it's your right color for you, yes, definitely. <laughs> and it yeah. is for you. Just find that thing that, yeah. you know, that makes you feel good and lean into it. You know, the same thing with fashion. Don't pay attention to trends or if it looks good on someone else. If it makes you feel confident, lean into it and wear it. It doesn't matter if it's in fashion or not. Make your own fashion, make your own style. You're not going to be as confident if you're trying to be like somebody else. Yes. So just try to be the best version of you, own that authenticity, and, you know, just pay attention to the things that make you feel good. And when I was going through this journey as well, uh, you know, talking about getting out of your comfort zone, I started to yeah. get rid of clothes that were um, not aligned with that vision. Yeah, I do a podcast or a uh, action live or Facebook live with one of my uh, friends and collaborators that and she talks just about fashion and hair and all those things because as I mentioned earlier when we were speaking it how you look and feel really does make a difference in how confident you are and so even when I was not feeling well and had to go into the office that's whenever I got most compliments of how good I look because I just put more effort into it so just be aware of that too um, it, it's sometimes important that you're in the way you feel inside is going to impact the way you look outside. Absolutely. It radiates. It's mm -hmm. confidence is a magnetism quality. I, in my book, I talk about it. I liken it to the law of gravitation, a really confident person. Things just gravitate toward them, right? Yeah. They're like magnets for success. So, um, it's really powerful stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm passionate about the topic of success. I believe there's enough for everybody, just like there's enough confidence for everyone. Everyone deserves it. It's not like it's for other people. So, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like a lot of people that are struggling with confidence, they may think that's for somebody else. Mm 
But guess what? It's for us too. So the last word is purpose. And I know in in the beginning, when I gave your bio, we talked about purpose quite a lot, finding your purpose. So share about purpose. Yeah. Purpose is something I'm very passionate about. It's you know, when you're, when you find and align with your purpose, why you are here on this earth, can anything really make you feel more confident? Honestly, you know, when you actually do something that lights a fire up under you, that makes you feel alive, but also that contributes to the betterment of humanity as a whole, right? That's your purpose. A purpose is not something that stifles somebody else and makes someone else feel less than, or even competes with somebody else. When you operate on your, with your purpose, you're at a completely different plane of existence. You think on a creative plane and not necessarily a competitive one, right? I'm not trying to compete with anyone. I'm trying to be the best version of myself. And a lot of times, you know, when you're struggling with confidence, um, you might not feel like you have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Just like you don't feel confident, you don't feel successful and you feel like that's for other people purpose is the same way but purpose can't be step one because you have to go through the steps you have to go through the work right you have to go through that self-discovery but purpose is that pinnacle it's the top of the pyramid it's the highest form of self-actualization according to abraham maslow you know in his maslow's hierarchy of needs that self-actualization point where human beings strive for like a meaning for life when you find that meaning, that purpose for you, you can't help but be unstoppably confident and nothing gets in your way. And all of a sudden, even if a huge thing gets in your path, your purpose does not let you deter. You just keep pushing and pushing because you're so, um, I just, I feel like it's a light inside of you that just, it, it's like it, it can't help but escape you. Yeah. And it radiates off of you and um, ha- creates a really ripple effect. And uh, opportunities just flood at you. Um, for example, public speaking, right? It was always a fear, but it was always that thing in the back of my mind. And sometimes that's how it is. Writing about confidence, I feel like this is a part of my purpose, was to use my story to help other people. And again, that's why I say your purpose is for the betterment of mankind. It's for the betterment of all. It's something Mm -hmm. that, you know, you have went through that can teach others and elevate everybody. And I feel like with this book, it's proven because why it's a bestseller and it's month one and I haven't even gotten started yet. So I know this was a needed message. It's part of my purpose. It's why I was here. And I'm proud to align with my purpose. And it makes me feel so happy. <laughs> and it's funny, the um, I think purpose also is aligned with what your core values are. And yeah. anytime you have to, if you're struggling with a decision of what to do or who to work with or what, you know, should I take that shiny object or that uh, work with that new company? If it doesn't align with your purpose, in your core values that are aligned with your purpose, then that should be an easy decision for you. Um, so that that's the questions that you should probably ask. I, you know, it's almost like you've read my book because purpose is two chapters and one chapter is core values purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love that. 
That's awesome. I'm telling you, we should just go on tour together. All right. (laughs) The last question that I have is, uh, I've read that you are a U.S. country chair for startup ecosystems for the G100 Mission Million. Please tell me all about that. Yep. And that came from uh, this journey that I went on on LinkedIn. That's another opportunity that I got on LinkedIn from building my personal brand and being just putting myself out there, right? So I represent the United States um, and I help women, female entrepreneurs within the United States uh, develop confidence. I help them network. I help them grow their business. I do this free of charge. And eventually my goal is to have a female entrepreneur from every single state because we have- You don't have Georgia, here I am. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, I I need Georgia. I don't have Georgia. There you go. (laughs) Um, So that's my goal is to have a female entrepreneur from every single state. We network, we share ideas, we collaborate as a mastermind. There's no competition. There's only growth and empowerment. And that's my goal. And it's, it's to help spread this wave because guess what? We need to support each other. Um, and I'm so over competition. I can't even tell you however I am with it. I want to empower people. And you know what this has started? It started building alliances that are super strong. If I can help somebody else and their business elevates, guess what? Who they're always going to remember. They're always going to remember me. And I'm so proud of that, that Mm. that's all I want. I learned that early on as a project manager. I, because I didn't think I knew everything, I was wonderful in um, making relationships, building relationships with people. And then as I grew in my years of being a project manager, I just could easily call on those people and they would do anything for me. (laughs) And so that got me put in the project lead quite often because they says, well, you know, just use your resources to get this done. And, and it was more, I gave of myself more than I asked of others until later on, then people were happy to give back. And, and I think that's what we forget as we're going up. We always think, well, I have to do it all myself. I, I, I shouldn't um, be, calling on others for things. And it's like, you know, I always like when I meet people to ask how I can help them. You know, that's, yeah. I think of myself as a connector as opposed to an influencer. You know, I want to connect you with people that can help you because people help me. That's what it's all about. It's paying it forward, paying it back. All right. So it's time now for the rapid fire question. That rapid fire question is, what advice did you get when you were 20 or 30 that you still use today? Wow. Well, I don't know if, if I, I I've, I've given plenty of advice, so I, I'll start, I'll start there because I think a lot of the advice I got was not the greatest. So I will, I will give, if I had to rewind time and give myself this 20 uh, 20 year old advice, I would say this time goes by either way. So don't focus on how long something's going to take. 
<laughs> if it's something that you want to do, go for it, whatever that is. If it's going to medical school, going to graduate school, writing a book, um, whatever project you want to start, we focus on the time first. And then what happens is, is we get deterred and we say that's not possible. Guess what? Time goes by either way. So if something takes you 20 years to do, start pursuing it today. The only thing we ever have control of is, is not the past, is not the future, but we all have control of our present actions at this moment in time. So act today. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Start today because the time goes by either way and just follow your heart and your instincts. Don't pay attention to what society tells you is going to be a good thing, to what your parents tell you is going to be a good thing, your friends, your neighbors, whatever. Pay attention to your instincts and keep pursuing your passions, your dreams, and your purpose and don't get deterred of how long you think it's going to take. Awesome. Great advice. And I love the fact that the past is the past and the future, you don't know, but the present is where you can act. So do yep. it. All right. It is now time for me to share my screen. So if you have not been taking notes, go grab that pencil and paper. If you're just listening, because you're going to want to grab this website information. And if uh, you don't have the ability to get that paper pencil, you can get all this information on my website, findyourleadershipconfidence.com or on my YouTube channel. So if you're just listening, you can go to the website, Tara Lafong Gooch, that's T-A-R-A-L-A-F-O-N-G-O-O-C-H, Tara Lafong Gooch.com. She's on Facebook at Tara.Lafong. LinkedIn, she's at Tara-Lafon-Gooch. And on YouTube, uh, just search Tara Lafon Gooch or Tara Gooch and you'll find her. Instagram, she's Tara Lafon Gooch. Twitter, the same, Tara Lafon Gooch. I'll let Tara let you know what you'll find when you go to the website and her social media. Absolutely. So when you go to my website, there's going to be links for my book there. You can also find it on Amazon, How to Grasp Confidence and Own Your Power. But on my website, I have an entire page dedicated to confidence. Um, there's information about my speaking career, as well as what I do as a company CEO. Um, and more importantly, it tells a story, right? So you're going to see where I came from and exactly where I'm going and um, who I serve and who I'm seeking to add value to. Um but yeah, I, I hope everybody that goes there checks it out and especially check out that confidence page because I've, I've started a wall of love is what I call it from all oh. of my readers around the world. And I'm taking their pictures and putting it on this love wall so you can see the actual people who I've touched. That's the most important thing to me is I want you to see the testimonials, the pictures, the videos of the people's lives that I have touched. That's awesome. So thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. I enjoyed so much chatting with you and listening to all your great advice for the audience. And um, as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. 
Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.